welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. I'm so excited for today. Um, Let me tell you where we're going to be. We are going to be in uh, the New Testament, John 14 and 15 is where we will be. And then also Elder Ryan K. Olson's talk, which was... um, Let me get our friends. We're having lots of different friends today. Um, So it's going to be a fun day. Hopefully it all works. Okay, hello, Melanie. How are you? And there's Darcy. Okay, here we all are. And all our friends are coming on. I have to say this to begin with. It has been the craziest week at our house right now because this is what is happening. Um, Remember when David and I decided to help Rio sell all her general conference workbooks on a whim? And now David and I have become a fulfillment center. That is what has happened. So we've been working from like seven in the morning until 10 o'clock at night um, doing fulfillment. That's what's happening right now in our life. Plus, everybody, it's about to be, guess what, at my house, Christmas. Um, if we do Christmas in March, so I've also been buying all the Christmas presents. I'm sure the Amazon man is like, but this lady just came into a lot of money or something because I'm randomly buying all the Christmas gifts in March. So you should see my living room with everybody's three presents each because that's what we do in our family. And then we're having, um, we're doing Inklings right now. So I'm so happy I get a little break. David is not having a little break, but I'm having a little break. Um, Yes, and meantime, David had a little break the other night because they opened uh, Jack's mission call to Africa, which is so fun. So fun. Um, Yeah, so it's been so crazy over here, but all really good things. So these cute ladies and I have not even talked at all about Um, what we're doing at Inklings today, but they were so good to just show up and talk about Jesus, which is our favorite subject. And um, I think it's going to be such a good morning. And then Rio is going to hop on at the end. These ladies will hop off. Rio will hop on. And we're going to talk a little bit about preparing for conference, which will also be fun. Um, okay. I think he's going to Mozambique. Does that sound right, Darcy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so he is going to Mozambique, which is going to be really so fun. Super exciting. So, so exciting. One of my young women went to Mozambique and loved her mission. 
So okay, he needs to, they need to come yeah. meet that young woman. That would be yeah. so fun. Okay. Um, so that's really, really fun. And so um, Melanie and I were just texting right before we started. And she is going to start us off with a song, which we have never done before, but I'm super excited to try. And yeah, maybe we should introduce right now because you know I'm going to forget if we don't. So Melanie, you've met before on Inklings. You'll recognize her. Darcy, this is her first, first time coming. And let's have you both just say a little bit about you, but I will say this first. Melanie is one of my favorite designers I've ever worked with in my life. She does such a beautiful job with design. And Darcy owns a makeup company that is one of my favorite makeup companies ever because every title of every product is like uplifting and affirming and encouraging. And so every time I put on shine anything, I just feel like I'm, I don't even know. I, it just lifts me every single time I put it on. So oh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so fun. But Her you both say um, a little bit about yourself quickly before we start. Okay, I'll go quick, Melanie. Um, so I'm Darcy. I am a mom of three. I have two adult children who are married and ha both have kids. I have three grandkids. And then I have a son who's 17 and is the total focus of my life right now. And um, like Emily said, I run Shine Cosmetics and we are, our whole goal is to be a positive voice in your day. So I get to help women feel beautiful every day and that is my very favorite thing, so. Yeah, it's so good. And it's clean makeup, everybody. I have to be so careful with my makeup and it really is clean makeup. So um, it, it's just called Shine. Yeah. Um, if you look up Shine, Shine Cosmetics, Cosmetics, you are gonna find Darcy, you will, you'll find her. She'll be right there. Um, okay. And then Melanie introduce you and your sister-in-law. Okay. Um, I'm Melanie Burke and I'm a graphic designer. I have six kids. I'm currently, I've definitely owned several companies and currently I'm creative director for a couple of companies. So, um, and my kids range from age 13 to two. And then this is my sister-in-law, Stephanie, who I begged to sing a song <laughs> with me because, and um, we can talk about it in a minute, but as I was preparing, um, I just really, really had this song press upon me, my heart, and just felt like we really needed to sing it. And so I texted Emily and I was like, are we allowed to do this? <laughs> um, and so um, I'm really excited to sing it for you. Um, not because I have the best voice, but because the spirit awesome. and the words so of the we'll, song are we'll so start meaningful. with that. Um uh, Darcy lives here in Utah, but Melanie lives in San by right by San Diego. So that is so fun. And she surfs regularly, which I get such a kick out of. Um, so that's so fun. So send us some sunshine because it's gray, yes, gloomy, please. rainy, yucky still here. Currently <laughs> <laughs> raining, but yeah, you guys got a lot of snow. So we'll go ahead and jump into this song the song that we're singing um is i need thee every hour um which is such a beautiful song and i would love for you to listen to the lyrics um mm -hmm. stephanie and i did some research on the composer um do you mind sharing a little bit yeah something I, you have her notes something yeah. that's so beautiful we are presenting this song at a stake release society thing so i started researching it a little bit and what we learned is the composer of the of the lyrics of the hymn was a woman named annie hawks and she was the mother of three children. And when she was 37 years old, so she's 
busy in her house doing her household chores, and she later wrote in her journal, I remember well the morning when in the midst of the daily cares of my home, I was so filled with the sense of the nearness of the master that wondering how one could live without him, either in joy or pain, these words, I need thee every hour, were ushered into my mind. The hymn was wafted out to the world on the wings of love and joy. I love that she was cleaning her house, that she was taking care of her home and her children, and that Jesus was there, that um, these words came to her as she was doing normal things, everyday things, and he was right there with her. Sometimes we don't have to be doing grand things. We can just be in our home, and he's there with us. So we love these words. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and sing them. <laughs> I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour, stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, most holy one. Oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed son. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to Thee. Oh, that was so good. That's the perfect way to start the morning. And I love that the, um, our study is going to end with a study on Jesus because it just feels like the perfect culmination for everything we've been working on for this whole semester, which is um, to learn enough about him to become this righteous people that President Nelson is hoping we would become. And there's no way to do it without him. So I love that so much. Well, I want to share too, just really briefly. So after she wrote the song and it had a lot of success, um, way later in her life, her husband passed away and she wrote this beautiful note about it. It says it was not until long years after when the shadow of great loss ooh, fell over my way. Wow. That caught me by surprise that I understood something of the comforting of mm -hmm. the words I had been permitted to write. And I just that in her time, 
time of joy and gladness, she was able to feel the love of Christ and it sustained her through the di oh, different I times love of that her life. So much. And isn't that the way the Lord works sometimes <laughs> where um, he gives you what you're going to need to cling to years before you would need to cling to it. And I think that's such a good reminder for us of how he works. Yes. That was so beautiful. You guys, music is everything. I just love that so much. Yeah, so much. it was so good. Um, so I thought we would just start by diving right into this conference talk and maybe what were the standouts for you personally? Like what are, I love when you go into a conference talk because each of us will generally pull out something different from it according to like what is happening in our life right now. So I would love to just hear what were your standouts and why? Um, I'll go first. My, um, I recently, the last year and a half had a really hard, um, trial with my oldest daughter. She was going through some really hard things and just that I loved the simplicity of the story of his nephew, like, and saying, you know, Jesus is the answer. And, um, I feel like that really, I, this was my favorite conference talk. So I was in a hurry to say that I wanted to talk about this one just because I think so many times in life we, we use the Savior as our last hope. Like we try and fix things and save things on our own. And then when we can't fix it, we go to him. And it, um, I had a really profound experience with um, this with my daughter where I'm a fixer by nature. I want to make everybody happy all the time. And I just, nothing, there was nothing in my control that I could do. And I had a really um, profound moment where I felt him say to me, like, you, if you trust me to be your savior, you need to trust me to be hers. Oh, that's and so good. I just, that has changed my whole perspective. And, um, and our job is to love and the answer is Jesus. And the way, and when we show love, we help other people. I feel like that was a big message in here too, is how we can help others recognize that Jesus is the answer. And um, that's when we love, we guide them through service or whatever, whatever we can do, but we're really guiding them to the savior and letting him do his work. So that was one of my takeaways. Yeah, I love that so much. And um, if anyone didn't get that, um, I love the spirit said to Darcy, if you trust me to be your savior, you need to trust me to be hers. And that's such a good reminder for us. I had a similar experience once when I was working um, on some really challenging things with one of my sister-in-laws and I, I wanted to fix it. I like my inclination was to try and figure out how to fix it for her. And I think um, on my way to the temple, I was reminded of Doctrine and Covenants 76, where it says, I am the Savior, and there is no other Savior besides me. And my, my I will not fail, is what he tells you in DNC 76. But it was so good for me to realize, oh, wait, my job is actually not to fix this. Yeah. It's not to save her from this. That's his job. My job is just to take her to him. Yeah. yeah. It, it's changed my whole perspective. I, Sorry, go ahead, Melanie. <laughs> no. 
No, you know, that was one of my favorite lines is right at the very beginning. Um, he quoted um, President Irene, but before that, he said, it is our individual and collective love of the Savior and our covenants with him that bind us together. And I thought about that. I think it relates to what you're saying is that sometimes we think that binding to each other means that we save them. But what it, it looks so differently when we're bound to the Savior and then we're bound to others, which means that we get to rest in his love to learn how to love others and to feel that love from Jesus um, ourselves. And it changes our relationship when we include Jesus as lifting them and mm, us that's really so good. You guys are saying such great quotes that I have to just keep writing down. Um, and um, yeah, yeah, because there's that difference between um, loving and lifting, but you in that dark place, you need both so desperately, it feels like. And, and for me, that just that thought gave me rest, right? Like, oh yes, I, that's a good reminder. I can trust you too be the answer for her and that gave me rest from feeling like it was my job too yeah um and i love um yeah. this question that's in the comments how do we take those who choose not to get in the car which i think is referring to that one embarrassing moment i had you guys that one time when i was trying to pick my nephew up off the street at midnight and it was someone else's child completely who I'm sure I scared to death when I was like, get in the car. And he was like, I'm not Talmadge. <laughs> it was just this crazy moment. Um, but I've talked a lot about, um, you're not gonna get in the car with someone who's a stranger. You're just not going to. And um, I love this question of um, how do we take those who choose not to get in the car and Sometimes we have to get out of the car and walk, I feel like. And um, there's something important about introducing people to Jesus. And it's something I've been talking about a lot lately is meeting people where they are and walking with them. And sometimes people um, don't need the temple recommend questions right now. Like we just taught recently on Don't Miss This. What that man needed to begin his change was a change of clothes. That's what he needed. And I think it's really hard when it's your own child or someone in your immediate family, because what you want is the temple. That's what you want. Like you, you know what you want for them and you want it desperately. But sometimes you really just have to, to sit down and start where they are at. And usually that starts with loving like Jesus um, before you even teach of Jesus. So I love that you said that, um, Melanie, Jesus is lifting them. Our job is loving them. And it's really hard to love someone well when you have a lot of fear about where they are or where they're going in their life. But I love that thought of um, placing, putting, giving your fear to him and putting your faith in him seems to make a, a big difference. Yes, I love that. <clears throat> One of the other lines that I loved is that he talked about the apostles and he said um, that the Savior is no respecter of persons. Consider how he chose his apostles. He didn't pay attention to status or wealth. He invites us to follow him. 
And I believe he reassures us that we belong with him. And I was thinking about how um, oftentimes we feel like we have to change ourselves to be worthy of Jesus's love or, and we sometimes get confused when we draw near to the savior, we have this desire to improve and that is natural. And that's really important, right? Daily repentance. But I think sometimes our perfectionism can keep us from bringing our full self to the savior as we are and thinking that we have to change everything. And um, I had this really sweet experience on my mission where I was in the MTC in Brazil and um, well, they call it the Sete there. And I was remember studying and studying and just worrying that I wasn't enough. And then I had to change. I had to be this type of person to be able to express the Savior's love. And I remember having such a distinct impression that I called you to a mission mm-hmm. and I want you to be you. And I was thinking about how the apostles, I feel like the Chosen does such a good job of showing that those apostles had such character flaws. And yet that was as they grew close to the savior, those personalities became so important. And I think when we talk about the answer of Jesus, that bring your full self to the savior and be okay with who you are and trust that God will help mold you and lead you on this journey. And that that personality and who you are is who he wants. And that love um, of him and, and his love for you is what's going to shine. Yes, I love that more that so ways. much. And I love thinking that it really is true. Like we're endeared to all the apostles because we read their words, but we forget how shocking Matthew would have been to the people in Jesus's time. Like they, they would have been so shocked and even maybe offended that Jesus would choose a Matthew. And I love knowing that, like, I think to myself all the time, if Jesus can work with a Matthew who people didn't like at all, then surely he can do something with me, you know, and um, what I need to overcome and where my weakness is. And that's just part of the journey. And I love the thought of that. Um, yeah, to be okay with who you aren't um, in the comments right now, someone just said, and that really is so true is... Um, learning to be okay with uh, what you're not and realize you still have something to bring to the work, which I love. Yeah. I, 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 that I think ties right in with the story of his interview with his mission, the sweet mission, sister missionary who was like doing all the things that she, right. And everybody looking on her knew that about her, but didn't, she didn't see it herself. And I, I felt prey to that all the time. And I even say, I've even said like, what would I want? What would I say to my mom or my sister or my friend if they were saying this? Like, I'd be like, are you kidding me? You're like the most incredible person. You're doing all this good. And I don't think we say that to ourselves enough of recognizing that like we are, we are capable and we are doing a lot of good. And um, so I love that little story. Yeah. And in our own way. Yes. um, If we were all doing the same thing, um, it, it just, the world would not be as beautiful as it is. I can remember being 12 years old and sitting in a um, group of girls at, um, it was Academy for Girls. My mom had sent me to this week and a half long. It was like an FSY is what it was, but only girls came. And there was a speaker who stood up and spoke. I will never forget this because it is ingrained 
ingrained in my memory. I was so awkward at 12. I don't know who else who was wasn't. Was <laughs> you know, there was that handful of girls that yeah. weren't. And then everyone no. else was like, trying to come out of that tomboy stage and be beautiful. And you just weren't at all. That was me. And for some reason, the group I had been put in with that week was full of cheerleaders. That's just who the group was, who are confident and good communicators and outgoing. You know what makes a cheerleader. And I was like a bookworm. That is what I was. I loved to read. I did not dance. I didn't do any, I wasn't coordinated. I didn't have any of those things. And um, the one girl had come from my ward with us to go and I can remember sitting on the front row and the lady was trying to tell us this example. And then she said, do you think when you get to heaven, God's going to look at all of the girls in your group and say, okay, the right mold was this one. And she pointed to the girl who was sitting right next to me and everyone else doesn't make it. Only if you were this mold, you make it. And then she was like, think how boring heaven would be if only one mold got in and right away i just thought to myself oh okay we're not all meant to be cheerleaders we're not but we need some because the game is better with the cheerleaders but what about the crowd and what about the players and what about the refs and what about the coaches and all of a sudden it just expanded my mind i was trying so hard to be just like them yes. and it like gave me permission to be just like me which was not like them at all but maybe still had goodness in it yeah i feel like that's so much the come follow me lesson just barely the kingdom life right like and all the things you guys taught and don't miss this were so great but the net and like I loved the what did Dave say like it wasn't all trout like we're we needed all types to be caught up in the net yes. and 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 I think if you look at your life different people have brought you to the savior for different reasons and they're and it's beautiful right they're they're different and it took them to add to your testimony in their way and their experiences and to remember that like you had that same value for others yeah um, yeah I love that people are like, and what about the band? It's so true. I love loves the band at football games. I'm such a big fan. My uh, favorite. I want drummer. drummer so bad. I still do want to be the drummer. I played the drums when I was 12. That tells you also how awkward I was. So yeah, it lasted one year. <laughs> Drummers are really cool. I, one of the things I love loved and Emily posted this on Inklings is um, the scripture in John 14 where it says Jesus saith unto him I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me and I like breaking up into those three things like that he's the way he is the truth and he's the life and I've been thinking all week what those three different things mean and the way I've been thinking about, I don't know if any of you watch the Mandalorian my husband's a very big Star Wars fan and so I always hear this this is the way, you know, is the kind of the phrase for Mandalorian. And I was thinking about how Jesus is the way. And Emily also posted about the Greek word for way is hodos, which means a progress, the route, act or distance 
or journey. And I was thinking about how when you truly make Jesus the answer in your life, he takes you on this journey. I feel like the minute you're like, Jesus, I will do what you want to do. I will let you guide my life. And it's like, well, actually, you know, it's just, it just is this wild, wild ride. And, but it's always better. And I always think you can have it your way or you can have it Jesus' way, which is always better. And so I like thinking about that. He is the way and he will lead you on this journey. The way is this journey with Christ and on your didn't side. didn't you love that way means progress and direction and journey? Like all of a sudden I was like, oh, it, it doesn't matter if you took a wrong turn. turn. It just matters if you're progressing. Um, and he can fix the direction for us, which I loved that because sometimes you look at that word way and you're like, well, if I'm not doing it the right way, then there's not a place for me. And I love that he's like, no, the way means, are you progressing? Are you a little better every day? Um, are you altering your course when needed? You know, it's just, I love that he's so like welcoming in of where are you? And let's see how we can take you one step farther toward the best that life has to offer for you, which I love. And I think like all of life's journeys, oh, sorry, Darcy. I all life's journeys, the most difficult, the most challenging, the most crazy are actually the ones with the best views. My favorite hike in San Diego is Torrey Pines. And the very beginning is just killer, like steep, but then it leads to the most beautiful views of the ocean. But it is, it's winding. There's a million paths you can take, which is part of the fun of it. And I think so many times as we, as Jesus leads us on this journey of life, people go different paths. And it's really to be like, no, you should come this way. You should come that way. Or sometimes you're like, okay, Jesus, which way should I go? And he's like, yes. well, they're all great paths. You need to choose. And so yes. I really do yes, like me thinking too. of the journey. And when, when, you, when you think so, of him as the way, you trust that he knows the way. And when you, the way you trust people who know the way is because you, they have a perspective that you haven't had yet, right? They they're already made the hike and they've, they're already seeing that vista. And so and I think adopting that perspective along your journey of like, okay, I'm, I'm trusting and I'm like, this is for a greater good or like later in my life, this is going to come um, to be valuable to me, helps, helps you to get through that journey. Yes. Which is so true because I can remember being on a hike with some friends in Lake Powell and the guy started off and he's like, it's going to be a really easy hike, which I should have looked at his body and been like, <laughs> It will be easy for people who look like you. Do you ever have those moments? And as you were going on the hike, he kept saying, it's going to be worth it. This is going to be worth it. Just keep coming. It's going to be worth it. And the very end of the hike had what you're saying, Melanie, your hike had at the beginning, but it was at the end. And I can remember getting there and thinking, I am like done. I'm done. Uh, there's nothing that is worth that heel. That's what I thought to myself. And he was at the top and he was like, come up, come up. You're going to love this. And I'm like, I'm not because I'm going to hate the hill so much that it doesn't matter what you see up there. It's not going to be worth it to me. And he finally <laughs> talked me into going up there, which the last of the hill was like straight up in sand. So like 
you couldn't just walk up the top. You were like sliding down as you were trying to get up. It seriously, it was a disaster all the way up the last part. But truly, when we got up there, there was this arch that was up there um, that was so beautiful. Like it took your breath away once you got up there. And also there was, there was the thrill of what you saw, but there was also the thrill of knowing you had done it, yes. you know, that just, and the, the way back was going to be easy because it was all downhill back. Um, that there just, there was that moment. And I sometimes think, do you ever think we're going to get to the last 3% and be like, I can't, I can't do the hill. Like the hill is not worth it. None of it has been worth it, but the hill is particularly not worth it, you know, and give up when you're like 3% left till the end. And I think that's sometimes why it says endure to the end, because the end might be the hardest part of the climb, but the view and the finishing will be extraordinary, I feel like. Um, and that's why we have each other, right? That I would never have gone up there if he hadn't encouraged me the entire way there. And it makes me think we've got to be better encouragers for Jesus. We've got to remind people there's something good at the end. Yes. So beautiful. I love that so much. We wouldn't, and we wouldn't, we would do that for the people that we hold tight to us, right? Like our family and our friends, we need to do that to others. Yeah. And those people who they, they may not want to be on the path at all. Right. But we can continue to encourage them through just the way that we treat them and that we love them. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, it's just such a good um, vision of what is happening. And I also love this too. Did anyone else love this line that said, the savior is the master of simplicity. Yes. Didn't you love that thought? This week I've been thinking a lot about simplicity, which is not a normal thought for my brain because my brain is always going 10 million places. But I loved when it, he just was like this one liner that the savior um, is the master of simplicity. And what is the lesson there? Don't you wonder that? I, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that there, did anyone listen to that talk from sister Holland? She talked about simplicity um, in front of elder Holland. Oh, okay. I will have to update the link. It's probably one of my favorites and I wish I printed out the quote, but she talks about sister Holland. She's one of my all time heroes and she doesn't speak very often, but her talk is about six minutes. And it's so powerful, but she talks about that oftentimes we make living the gospel a crown of thorns, that we make everything into a mountain. We feel like we have to know everything exactly, that we make everything harder, and we feel like we have to walk every single mountain that exists ever. And that she says that Jesus is the master, he's the, he's the, uh, he is simple, right? And that we, he's already suffered everything. He's already gone through everything. And so we get to trust in his simplicity and have joy and that we don't need to pick up every single burden. And so when I think of simplicity and that the answer is Jesus, to me, it reminds me that I can give my burden 
burdens to him. I can give those hard things to him. And it doesn't mean that we don't go through these hard things, but when we go through them with Jesus Christ, it doesn't become as hard. We have sustaining power. We have that life, that energy. We can find the joy in those hard things. I think we all have those friends who are so joyful as they're going through the hardest things. And it's because they're resting on the simplicity that Jesus Christ has brought to them as yes. hope that it will all so work out. good. Um, and the other part that I love that kind of has to do with this is comes from John where he says, Lord, we know not whither thou goest and how can we know the way? And I love that thought because sometimes it's just true. Sometimes it's true of the plan. Sometimes it's true of my plan, you know, where I'm like, I, I do not know the way. And it reminds me of um, when Joshua was going to take the children of Israel through the Jordan and, and it was going to get lifted up in that heat. And the Lord said to him, tell them to walk behind the priests because they have not passed this way before. And I love that thought as we're getting into conference that you almost feel like the Lord would say to us, you have to follow the prophets and the apostles because you've never been through what life looks like before. And they're going to be able to guide you through um, that, what you couldn't get past on your own, which I love the thought of that, that like when you don't know the way uh, and you're asking that question, how will we know the way that he's so clearly there to guide yeah and he even quotes in the talk president nelson where he says the gospel of jesus christ has never been needed more than it is today for that reason right like we there and i love how he talked about the youth and being noble and great and we were saved and that just the fact that we're here means that he has confidence that we can do it yeah, and I, and I loved that part too, Darcy. I'm so glad you brought that up because going back to that comment earlier of what if they won't get in the car and um, and my in instinct is then park the car and get out and start walking, you know? And that quote where he says, there is something undeniably special about this generation of youth. Your heavenly father must have great confidence in you to send you to earth at this time you were born for greatness. And I think there's something powerful about reminding like your daughter and uh, my daughter-in-laws and even my boys that you were destined for greatness. And somebody needs to remind you of that, that, that you're destined to do great things. And we're going to encourage you into that. Yes. Yeah, I love. Yeah, I love and, that part. And that you belong. I think yes. We are all seeking for someone somewhere to belong. I think most of our social issues of the day are because people are looking for somewhere to belong. Yes. And um, to remember that we belong to him. Yeah. And that he, want, he will take us safely home if we'll let him. Oh, that's so good. Um, and... Um, yeah, I love that. And I just, as we're, um, we're going to wrap up this part now because I want to spend some time this week. You guys, next week is conference. It's so crazy, isn't it? That this study always goes so fast. 
And um, we're going to wrap this part up because I love when our cute Rio teaches us about how to really lean into like preparing a heart and home for conference. And so we're going to do that for a little bit. And I actually think we can maybe get four of us on, but I'm not positive. Um, if we can, then we can. I can bow out. Yeah. Yes. You can bell out. Let's just well, see. I, I, I one scripture I have felt yes. so impressed to share, and so I'll share that, and then I can leave. But um, for whatever reason, Romans eight has been so much on my mind with this talk, um, because they're some of my favorite lines always of scripture, and I thought this would be a great. I feel like it kind of sums up the talk, but it starts like, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then verse thirty five shall separate us. A love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, peril or sword. May in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then it goes on. It says no, that there's no height, nor depth, nor anything shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I love that yeah. line that we are more than conquerors, that we more than conquer the mountains of life, the valleys of life, the easy, the, because he's the way and the life we can bring our full selves and know that yes, he will help us so He'll sustain us. Um, and I, I love that thought of just the answer is Jesus. Like at the end of the day, um, if nothing else is, is working, the answer is Jesus. But also before you even begin trying to problem solve, the answer is Jesus. And it reminds me, I told the story just barely, but it was so life-changing for me, that worksheet that a principal brought me in his office to see who I was working with. And that boy was supposed to be filling out those prepositions that you do. And he was meant to be looking for his belt. That's what the question said. Johnny has lost his belt. Where should he look? In the closet, under the bed or whatever. And he just wrote on the paper, ask Jesus, he will know. And I love that he was like, don't even start trying to look for it. Just ask Jesus, like start there. That's where you should begin. And when I think about the answer is Jesus, that is what comes to mind. So Rio, we had talked about earlier, just um, a little bit ago, that it's so interesting um, that, that we are taught if you'll just go after the prophets and the apostles, or in those days, the, the priests, they will lead you through places that you haven't been through before. They can navigate what is coming ahead of us. And it's such a great segue into talking about, um, it's, we're about to have conference week, which is always at the end of the semester is so crazy to me that we like just did six months. And next Thursday, we'll talk a little bit about the sprinklings. If you're new here, we go through just the, um, what are the little sprinkles we've gathered like on the top of a cupcake over the past six months? And we'll kind of do that next week. Like what have we learned and how are we better from this study than we were six months ago? And it's crazy because this was study number seven. So we are like seven semesters better um, over these past years, which is just remarkable to me, um, the growth, right? And the progress that is taking place just because we gather together as this faith community of women and strengthen each other. So 
Rio does this fun thing. And if you're new to Rio, where from Sunday until Friday of next week, um, there will be a little invitation every single day. And Rio um, owns an account called Work and Wonder that is our sister account. And we'll be linking everybody back over there from stories so that you'll know how to follow along. And she'll put the invitation up every single day. So everybody can participate in just readying your heart and your home for conference. So do you just want to kind of walk us through the days, Rio? Yes, I would love to. I'd love nothing more. Um, thanks, you guys. Hi. So prep week, I think prep week started, I mean, a long time ago. I, we did this. I think it's going to be like our fifth year. I think we started right from the beginning. And so that means we've done this almost 10 times. So I fine-tuned it as we've gone. And I've just kind of tried to gather bits and pieces of what I feel like is so helpful to like Emily said, prepare our heart and prepare our home, prepare our mind to receive is really what we're doing. We're just re preparing to receive all that is in store for us. And I did this because I felt like every time conference rolled around, it would kind of catch me by surprise. I feel like in the spring, it's catching you right at this like spring fever and the summer planning starts and you just all of a sudden are like, and it's conference and you're not quite ready to get it all together. And then in October, we know how crazy October, it's the start of all the holidays. So I was just like, well, okay, we just need like a pause for a minute, which I know sounds sometimes impossible. But what I got thinking this morning actually was, and it, I jumped in about 9.30, so I'm, uh, I'm glad I heard what you guys are talking about because I think sometimes we assume that conference has to feel like the same thing for everyone. And that is so not the case. Sometimes we show up in different seasons needing something entirely different. So I want to start there and just kind of invite everyone while we're talking about um, prep week and conference, just deciding what we need that week to be, because someone might be really needing a rest and a pause type of feel to go into prep week or to go into. And so maybe that is you, or maybe you're like ready to kind of pick things up and you're like, you know what? I just need a boost of like motivation. I need to feel this like oomph and this excitement to, to kind of recalibrate what's going forward. Um, and some people need that. Whereas other people that might be like, I do not want one more thing. And so prep week can kind of adapt to anything that you want it to be. Um, and then there's different topics for each day. Um, one talk that I reference a lot actually for prep week is the daily restoration by Elder Dorf. And it is so good because I think that's kind of what I want the week to be. If you kind of think of what a Sunday is for our week, I kind of like to think of prep week being that for the next six months. So it's this opportunity to kind of either rest or reset or take like a self-assessment, a spiritual kind of like internal look at just what's going on and how you're doing. And I love that. Um, and so I want to quote a couple of things that Elder Uchtdorf says. And he he talks about humans and how we naturally drift off course. That is just inevitable. We, we have, there's distractions, right? And so we drift off course. And he talks about how important it is to take time for those moments that will bring us back. And it's okay. It's not, it doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong. That's just naturally, we tend to do this if we don't have our landmarks in place. So it's an opportunity to make sure our landmarks are there and we're coming back to as much of the center as we can. Um, and then he says, we're all susceptible. A time of introspection is an opportunity for recalibration. And I love that. And he talks about how God is a God of new beginnings. And I don't know if we use that, that new beginning power enough. Like I feel like that opportunity to have this 
fresh, blank, beautiful, starting over feeling is so possible, maybe more than we think it is. And we can create that. And we can create that every Sunday too mm-hmm. with the sacrament, but we can create that in a way every time we pray to him. It's just to kind of like start anew. And so that's what I want us to think about. So going and looking at each day for prep week, we start on Sunday. And this one is where we prepare or nurture or just take into account our spiritual health and our spiritual rhythms, if you will. Some people love the word habit. Some people don't. So whatever (laughs) works for you. But those things that you you do consistently, try to do consistently, that set up a really strong foundation for the week and for, and then you look at the big picture and for your life ahead, right? And so those are the small things like prayer and scripture study and a gratitude practice, maybe those little things that you can do to just like found it, give that foundation to kind of stand upon. And so I always say, the kind of 1% better principle. Don't go and make some goal to be like, fantastic, I'm going to read a chapter every day this week. If you haven't even read a verse, like start just 1% better so we're not setting ourselves up to feel a lot of guilt or shame or discouragement. Just take one step better. And, And even with prayer, I always find myself, I love to try and kneel when I pray, but I don't hardly. And so I always take prep week to try and do that when I pray. So it's not anything crazy, but it's like just, just this week, I'm going to try and kneel every time, at least once a day. So little things like that, that's our spiritual kind of introspective moment. And then Monday is when we talk more about our homes. And I want you to think of home as more so external environment too. And so, cause some people are like, well, I can't keep my house clean right now. <laughs> well, neither can I. And so you and me together. <laughs> so if, if for you, you do want to try and keep a cleaner home because you feel the spirit, fantastic. If not, maybe there are some other little things that you can do to help your external environment. And maybe it's hanging a few reminders around your house, or maybe it's the way you're speaking to each other in your home. And you can talk to that with about, about that with your kids. Um, maybe it is, this is a big one with our environment with what we allow into our phones or coming through our phones Mm. and what kind of environment that is creating. And maybe we look at spending a social media fast. Maybe we look at limiting what time we're on social media. So things like that, that we're just kind of what we're kind of protecting, like what is going in and out in that external environment. And then Tuesday is kind of similar, but we just focus on joy and positivity because I think sometimes with the list of to do's or all of the things we start to, it feels heavy. And I just, Tuesday, I just started, this was kind of a recent change. I started to be like, this is the day that we want to make light. Like, we just want to remember that this is a gospel of joy and we want to spread that. And so anyway, we just, there's funny things that we do for Tuesday, like tag the person that you last time you laughed so hard with (laughs) and just things to kind of remember like, oh, okay, I am living this gospel because I have more joy when I do so. And maybe it's a moment to think about, okay, if I don't feel that, why is that? How can I create that more joy, more light, spreading light? And so maybe this is a time that you are sending some positive things to your family text thread or whatever it is. Um, But it's just a, a way to create and spread more of that light for Tuesday. And then Wednesday is questions. So this is a big one. This is a more common practice that people will do to prepare for conference. And it's a way to open our hearts and look really close at all the things that are sitting in there and are yearning for more. And we turn those into questions. And one thing I always invite people to do is a heart dump. And because some people are like, I don't even know how to articulate the question that is on my mind. And it can be hard. 
And so I say, just start with the heart and give a, get a blank piece of paper and just start writing. It does not have to be sentences. It can just be words. It can be feelings. And you just dump, 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 dump it all out. And then you start to kind of circle some similarities or things that you're like, wow, there's a pattern here. I must be yearning for this, or I must be wondering about this, or it sounds like this is feeling heavy on my heart. And you start to articulate those into questions. And like we just said, the answer is always to just start with him, start praying to him and say, I, I just, this is on my heart. I'm not sure what question that would be or what I should be seeking for. He can help you formulate those. He absolutely can. Conversations with others that you trust too can help as well. If you've got roommates or siblings or your parents or your spouse, you can just sometimes starting the conversation and sharing that will help you understand maybe what those questions are. Um, and sometimes people think like they have to be doctrinal questions. They can be so simple. You guys just, Keep that in mind. They can be such simple questions. And I guarantee you, and I know that Christ will say there are no dumb questions. Now teachers always say that. He is the first sure the first one to say that. Like no dumb questions, right? Um, so that's Wednesday. And then Thursday is when we look outward and we start to extend our reach and our, extend our invitations and extend our friendships. And I at the beginning of creating prep week, I was really focused on like, oh, inviting them to watch neural conference, like this missionary work opportunity, which it is. But I've also started to focus on, okay, actually, maybe it's just to focus on our relationships. Because when we go to invite others to come and know Christ, sometimes that feels like a big jump if we haven't nurtured that relationship in that space before. And so even if that day, you just kind of start to think about what relationships can I nurture that I would love them to know more about Christ, but maybe inviting them to conference or to church feels like a big jump. So what's just one thing I can do to make sure I have that base of friendship and trust and love and acceptance with them and start there. And if you feel like there's a relationship that's ready for like, hey, you know, I think I, I, think I want to invite them to conference or to come watch a session with me, then absolutely do. But we don't have to jump there if it doesn't feel like that relationship is ready for that. That's okay. Um, anyway, so that's inviting and that can be an out of the comfort zone one. And that is okay. Um, I do challenge us to go outside a little bit cause that's where the growth happens. And that's also where Christ can meet us. Like he'll be like, as he can say, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. When you take that one step out of your comfort zone, he is so happy to help us feel comfortable and to find the words or whatever it might be. Okay. And and then Friday is the last day. And this day has also kind of started to take shape recently because there's, um, there's quite the energy around conference and sometimes around the end of conference where everyone is looking really close at it, right? They're all talking about what was said and how it was said. And, and sometimes there can be an emphasis on things that might hurt people. And you know what? Those sweet men and women trying to address a nationwide church and a worldwide church, it can be difficult to find something that applies or to say it in a way that resonates with everyone. And so I have started to think, okay, conference is, I want it to be an individual experience for me. And so I've really started to focus on what is the mindset that I want to go into conference with? And what do I want to be looking for? Because I promise what you look for, you will find. Mm -hmm. And if we look for those moments of, oh, that could have been offensive here. Or, oh, that's asking too much of me here. We're going to find those. And so I just want to focus on, okay, what do I want to feel coming out of conference? Because I guarantee when we 
focus on that, that's what we will create. And that's the experience what we will create. And, and it's, it's inevitable that there are, there's going to be a plethora of emotions, right, coming out of conference. But I just think if we each take ownership on what the feeling is that we want to create and recognizing that some talks might not have resonated as well with you as another one did, that's okay. Just focus on the ones that did mm -hmm. resonate with you, right? Just take those yeah. ones into your heart. Um, and it's not to say you're disregarding the others. It's just saying right now in this season, I think I need these words. I think I, I think these ones are especially going to help me in these next six months or whatever yeah, it is. Uh, and trying to create that culture, right? In your circles yes. and people that they are just there to do exactly what Emily was saying, to guide us along the way. And we get to receive what it is that we feel is going to really be a beacon for, our, for the next six months. And that is prep week. So yeah, again, it's- I love it. Right? So uh, much. And I want to add on that last one that you talked about we have mm -hmm. a tradition in our family that I love and it started when my kids were little and it now they're all married and gone and grown but um I tell my kids because conference can be really overwhelming mm -hmm. for people particularly when you get to Sunday afternoon and there's been so many words and in our family um we have this tradition that everyone picks their one thing their one standout for conference and when my kids all lived at home we had a conference wall and i would type up all of my kids one quote and we never in all the years we lived here nobody ever picked the same quote ever isn't that interesting that everybody's standout was something different but i loved walking past the conference wall and thinking about what my kids were drawn to for that six months and being able to help them lean into whatever that thing was, that small thing that they were leaning into. And I think that helps with what you're talking about on Friday. If you go in just thinking, okay, what is the one thing I needed this time? And once you have that one thing um, to realize, Everything else is going to be good, and we're going to dive into it here at Inklings. But maybe there's one thing that you're like, this was my thing. Um, like, I look back at this conference, and I know what my standout talk was. I know. Uh, if, if you were to ask me the day after and ask me now, it's still the same talk. That was the one thing that I needed this conference. and uh, But I've loved all of it. I've loved everything that we've studied here together, but it makes it so simple if it's just that one. And so I love the thought of that as we are preparing now for general conference to kind of let everything else fall by the wayside. Even in my life, everybody, that's what I told David. I was like, by Saturday, we have to be done because I want that preparing for conference and there's that spiritual preparation, but in our home, there is um, the family preparation is as important here. And family preparation looks like, what are the games we're gonna do in between conferences? What are the foods that we're gonna eat? My kids have already started sending in breakfast, lunch, and dinner requests of what we're going to eat. And it's going to the store and buying all the candy and it's creating a holiday in my home is one of my favorite parts of conference week is actually create the celebration. 
um, mm -hmm. and talk about it as if it is one because then conference becomes something that you look forward to. I've got in my seminary class, this is my favorite one and we can end with this, but in my seminary class, the this one family of these two girls who are so darling, you would get the biggest kick out of them. Um, they reserve their chairs for conference. And there's a certain time within the week when they are allowed, it, it is like sleeping out overnight for like um, tickets, you know, that they are like, get their spot and then it's they mark it and it's there that no one can sit in it and it's just part of like the ramping up for conference and i love um that thought of as we are getting ready and and preparing ourselves spiritually to also like on the day that you were like find the joy day is that tuesday tuesday is, yeah in my mind, I was like, oh, that is the day that I am concentrating on the party yeah. all day long. I'm concentrating on the celebration. I'm asking my kids, what is going to make this um, your favorite weekend? Um, and it's going to set it apart from other weekends that become something that we look forward to. Um, we do conference um, sweats for the moms in our family, just the girls get sweats and it's just we just have fun things that are it's fun to like expand your thinking and be like how can I make this one of our best weekends of the year so I'm so um excited for um conference and what's coming yeah real yes I was gonna say I will I'll put up a post every day and I'll often prompt with a question so that there's a lot of comments. And that's usually one of them is people will share their traditions. So if you're like, I don't know where to, we'll have a place where people can dump their traditions so that we can get some new ideas. Cause it's fun. It's so fun to start new ones. If you're, or if your family is young, like I feel like we're just kind of starting and deciding like, what are our conference traditions as our own little family? And the other thing I will say too, on Sunday, on the first day, I forgot to mention this. And I'm so glad some of you remember um, Sunday, we always pray together and we put up in our posts that we'll I'll put up on Sunday morning and I'll ask everyone to share one thing that they would love a prayer for. And then you go back in the comments and you pick someone to pray for. And I, it has been by far, I think it's just my all time favorite post I ever get to post ever because reading the comments is so beautiful. And you find someone that has a similar prayer as yours typically is how it works. And you're like, oh my gosh, I will pray for you for this. Or maybe it's someone that has walked a similar road as you and you're like, I have been here. I will pray for you. And it is beautiful. So keep your eye out for that as well. And we'll pray And that will be this Sunday, right? This Sunday. This the first Sunday. day. Yeah. Yes. And then on um, conference week, if you are new here, during conference weekend, we put up a post for every conference session. So it'll start with like Saturday morning. And people just start writing their favorite quotes. Um, someone asked, what if you have to miss one of the sessions, which has happened to me before. And I will seriously pull up the quotes on my inklings and just keep watching people type in under the comments. So I will just kind of know, okay, this is what is happening right now. But it's also so fun to collect everybody's favorite thoughts. So every session, a new one of those will go up that you'll be able to follow and respond to as we go. Yes. And we'll make sure to send out like if you're on the work and wonder newsletter, um, we always send out the prep week pages for free. So they're in your workbooks. But if you don't have a workbook, 
those we'll send those so that you can follow along if you would like to as well yeah and we can real maybe yeah what if we send that out to inklings too on the same day will you just text me and yep. we'll just do a combined conference prep week all of us together which will be so fun um and then um i'll be here next thursday to talk about and i think Rio's going to come back to talk about um just catching up over our whole um last semester of study so our sprinklings we'll be doing next week and then looking forward so that will be so fun okay. love you guys see you next thursday thanks for joining me this podcast is taken from our thursday inklings discussions which happen live on instagram at inklings.institute if you loved being here i'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me Get reminders and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.